Welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show with Nancy Hopkins, Walt Silva, and Dolly Howard. This is a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Turn away from disaster, arise inside. Choose your heart as a master. And welcome to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show. It's July 28th, 2020. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Hello, Walt. And um, Dolly, hello, hello. how are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Uh, hello, good. everybody. All right. That's it. Very talkative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just taking a selfie because I wanted to share with you guys the the, the Sperling nose nose mask that I made. Oh, I oh, excellent. Maybe you guys wanted to see that, but yes, excellent. Oh, yeah. Did did you take it? Yeah, now I'm. I have to transfer this to the computer now. Because today, um, uh, Derek talked about doing the experiment with the uh, mask and the colloidal silver. Um, and he basically, yes, he felt a de- definitive change in his ability to feel like he was breathing. But he thought that just with the colloidal silver, it was only about seventy percent compared to 100%. And that I actually brought up this particular mask thing. 70% of what? 70% increase in the flow of, of organ because it, he said, you know, oh. I mean, we were talking organ. So it worked. It did, inc- it did It increased the flow because it the flow was stagnated because of the uh, organic material of the mask. And once the colloidal silver was on it with the nanotech, yes, it started everything going. But... Um, my feeling was is that because the metal has a, a directionality to it, uh, you got all these particles of the nano, and it's it's just flaring off like raindrops. Whereas this mask is well, that's why I picked I, I brought up this mask that you're hopefully got a picture of yourself with um, that that would provide a directionality to it and you should get a you know like like a, a force of organ coming in so have you you you've worked with it so why don't you describe what you think happens i mean you've you got a mask well i've only i've only just now put it on because i was waiting for the cement to dry on the on the shanghai cabochon so hold on let me let me find finish this and then i can paste it on you guys is this your oh, don't version? Put or it is on until it's dry. It, this is my this is my version of it. Your version of it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, because I need to explain. First off, with the cloth mask, I found the perfect solution. It's called it's called invisibility. I walk into Target. Okay, put on the mask. Okay, and then I just lower the mask so the edge of the mask is sitting on my upper lip. Nobody looks at me. Even the security guys looked at me. All they care is that I have face covering. They don't care that my nose is completely exposed and breathing, and <laughs> not through the mask. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I would expect that. <laughs> they don't yeah, give a it, it's when I go in the grocery store. I basically have it down 
on my chin until I see somebody coming, and then I put it up. Okay, and so I'll, I'm going to put three photos on radio chat, okay, like a like a sequence, so you guys can get a better idea. Okay, so let me grab this. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go to the nose mask folder. Okay. Okay. So this is the okay. This photo. You're looking like a three-legged star. It's I'm using the same principle as the structure of the Sperling um, harmonizer. And what it is, all you do is you take you know three pieces of wire, bend them at the center, and then you have to uh, put them you know side by side and grab them and then you twist them. And of course, the wires have to be. Uh, in series connected following the organ polarity of the wires so it's positive to negative positive to negative positive to negative and then holding onto the center you twist them and you make this three pointed star you can see that in the radio chat yep yep okay so then the next step is to do this you take the three pointed star and you bend the three legs up into a center and you solder them and it's the silver solder that turns it on because now the organ is flowing in the, in the wires creating a torsion field is that so what that, that black ball is Walt? the black ball that you see it's my addition it's a resin cabochon with a shanghai powder and and um, and silver saturated shanghai powder and what happens is that there's a purpose for it being there because if you look at the first photo you have a null point in the center where the three wires meet and there's no twisting there so I'm having the, the Shanghai cabochon sit in the middle of the null point so what happens is okay, everybody please get ready to laugh very loud and very long because this is a photo of my not beautiful face wearing the mask which of course will make me will make you say Heil Hitler when you see this photo. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the cabochon is <laughs> on my upper lip. It just sits on my upper lip, so I look like a technical Hitler there. <laughs> well, are people gonna? Are they gonna but think it, that's a mask, or you're just an alien? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. I, I have. I haven't gotten the what do you call it? the elastics for it yes so as you can see all I did is just hook my glasses on it so I don't need an elastic to hold it onto my face <laughs> okay I, I, I have I, I have a question here um, mm -hmm. alright now you have a, a, a face covering but you know What's the matter with the rest of your body? Are you nude on the rest of it, or is it just <laughs> just, just just your shirt gone? I'm <laughs> just curious. <laughs> well, what what is the? Uh, I I don't know. I can't predict the imagination of my producer, so it's up to her. She can dream whatever she wants to dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. This is this is this would be more like a nightmare. I'm sorry, but you. Know, you know what 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 what's freaky about it is or first off what are you what are you experiencing oh it's it's uh every time i breathe in it uh it reminds me of when you remember last time in the show i mentioned those uh room ionizers and you if you 
put them near your nose. You, you can smell that uh, ozone kind of smell. You feel that the the air feels different because it's more charged. And that's the way this feels. You breathe in and it's like you want to breathe more. It feels good breathing in. Uh, some days outside it's been so incredibly humid. You breathe in and it's like nothing's going in because the air going into your lungs is just as hot as the air coming out of your lungs. So it's like somebody suffocating you with a pillow. <laughs> but this, it's so nice. Uh, it's like you want to breathe deep. It's like you feel this you know, desire to breathe deep. I don't know if it's just my own, you know, psychological impression, but uh, it's the, I experienced this the first time I made the, when I saw the idea of the Sperling mask, I made my own prototype years ago, and I remember having the same, the same reaction. It, it feels like you want to breathe. It feels nice. I'm so sitting you, well, here looking at you. <laughs> don't I look like a koala? You look like I look like a koala wearing headphones and glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything with with your nose like that—it's like a pig's nose. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Do you? Are you going to put any cloth over that frame or anything? No, I'm not selling this. I just made this as a proof of uh, proof of concept. Oh, so you're not going to wear it outside? I don't think they'll they'll allow it, and I don't I don't need That's to because, like I, I said, wondering. when I wear that cloth mask, the uh, the upper edge of the mask is sitting on my upper lip, and my nose is totally exposed. Nobody looks at me. Nobody says, "Oh, you got the mask on." Even the security guy at Target is looking at me. He's like, "As long as I'm complying with the law that says you have to have your face covered, that's it." It's that, not a nobody law. cares. Okay. Okay. Well, here in Minnesota, the the Democratic governor signed an executive order that now when you're in a public uh, indoors, like a business or an agency or an office, you have to have face covering. Oh. oh. He, he just passed it. Oh, Fernando's asking a good question, Walt. Will this keep yeah. you from snoring? I'm 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 answering the question. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now uh, yeah, because I I also am wondering if somebody like Dolly who has uh breathing problems if if she wouldn't be assisted with it. I I don't know. I can send it to her, but if she feels embarrassed, I I can see her not wearing it ever. She never leaves <laughs> the bed much, you know. <laughs> she can, Are you kidding? She puts no. on makeup to go to the bathroom. Are you kidding? I do not. <laughs> I'm lucky if I have anything on to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but, but you see, you could, you could, you know, put it inside of a mask, and you know, yeah, just, just one of those. essentially take, uh, you know, and just use a little thread and needle and and kind of like, you know, just attach the mask to this thing. And you know, put the elastic well, on as, it. As, as you can see from the photo, if it were that heavy, it would pull down my glasses. It's not; it's number eight wire, uh, so it it doesn't weigh a ton. So not even with a little cabochon. So it's, it's just holding on to my glasses. My the idea was to get you know the standard you know little elastic uh, that you use for uh, like in those. Uh, you know those, those simple 
blue masks that they use in carpentry that has that little thin elastic. You could use that to grab onto the sides and it would go on your face like a clown's nose, I guess. <laughs> but it doesn't work if you're a mouth breather. <laughs> that you would need well, a, full, it w- a full face one. <laughs> well, you could put it down in the mask so that you are breathing through it even though your mouth is there. Yeah. That is true. I, I'm just, I can't even, I'm still staring at your picture here. This is like the worst <laughs> picture I've ever seen of anybody who is as serious, <laughs> seriously wonderful as you, you know? It's like, well, I, I honor the fact that you took the picture and actually put it on the internet. I mean... I honor that, too. What have I got to lose at this time? I do wish you had a shirt on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's In like... this heat... In this heat, I'm like I'm like Dolly, you know. She's in bed doing radio. You know, what do I want a shirt for? <laughs> what don't you have AC, Walt? Yeah, I, I but I don't like to put it too low because my mom gets cold feet. So oh oh, right, right now it's set for seventy six. I thought that problem was solved. No, it is, but you know sometimes. Uh, it, it, it's running and running and until it finally clicks off because right now we have the the setting sun hitting the side of the house ah. so it takes longer for the AC to finally you know reach level because it, the whole side of the house is getting hit with sunlight well if you had a, if this was a problem for many more days I, what I did is I took a, a, a shade cloth and I'm put it outside so that the actual wall of the house is being shaded because yeah, I that was so, yeah it was very critical to me when I didn't have the new air conditioning in here but it did make yeah. a massive difference in the way the house was able to cool off even with the old system it was very inferior well my next door neighbor which are the, the, the two houses are the same Cape Cod style houses uh, he has a small ash tree in the front yard so it it renders it it, sh- it casts very little shade onto the house. So I can imagine how hot his house get. In my case, I don't know. Must have been the very first owner, because this house was built in '53. So it must have been the very first owner who planted an ash tree in the front yard, and it's so humongous it literally shadows the entire house. So during the 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 daylight hours, you know, before sunset. All those hours, the house gets nice. Uh, it's nice and cool because it gets the shadow, but it's the sunset. Once the sun goes to the west, then there's nothing shadowing the side of the house. So, okay, I, I want to go back to that second picture. Um, you said that you, okay, you took the first picture, yeah. and then you just folded it up. Right, I mean, you basically Correct. just Correct. folded it up. So where you got the shungite, that's where the ends of those three are. That would be the center of the star. That's the center the, of the star. The set, the center of the first picture. I see. And then you took the this the single strands, brought them together, and and then you. Uh, and that's uh, where you apply the silver solder. The, the silver solder. Okay. Did <laughs> you see what Hope posted? Oh what? <laughs> I hope to. 
Oh no. I'm not I'm not sure. Oh that I I saw that. No. No, no, no. That, oh, I've I've saw that. Yes, I already saw that. I, I hope with all due respect I don't think I'm going to put that up on the uh the image, you know, for the show. <laughs> That's yeah. Yes, he is. Where he's using his mask correctly. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. But here's here's the thing with that photo, is that you have the you have the have the body for the mask. Otherwise, it doesn't work. You have to have the body for it. Otherwise, it just looks silly. For those people that that are never going to see this picture, I hope, because it will it will you know, you'll never look at a mask the same way. Uh, yeah, he's we're, he's wearing well, he's wearing the mask like a native would, naked except for the mask, so you can imagine where it is. It's not on his face. <laughs> well, he's wearing it as a card piece. That's it. God, you got to go say those things, right? I'm trying to be politically correct well, here. And you it go. used to be medieval dress wear. Men would be outside wearing their card pieces, and it was all the rage and style in the Middle Ages. What's the what's the big deal? Well, I was going to ask you when <laughs> we weren't alive at that point in time. <laughs> well, I think uh, Dolly, you do realize that the producer is not going to be able to resist, and it's going to put my third photo as part of the show poster. You know, when she composes <laughs> the show posters to put. Well, I have to, I have to do that. Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I mean that that isn't exactly obscene. <laughs> that your picture of you. This one is a little bit obscene. I mean, well, politically incorrect. You're you're well, doing a you're demonstrating a scientific research project. I don't know what this guy's doing. Maybe it's research. Maybe he's trying to see if he he catches the virus the, this way. The curiosity I is killing me here, Nancy. Because where is his cell phone? Oh yeah. Between Maybe his cheeks. <laughs> because nobody goes outside without their cell phone and everybody knows that. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this is for you know, mature audiences. This is not for children, so if you're here by mistake, we apologize for damaging you in some way. You sound like the intro to the other radio show, uh, spiritually, uh, spiritually raw. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> oh, is that what? <laughs> this is not for minors. If you, if your, if your kids are listening to the show, then it's your problem. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. Uh, oh, all right. So, uh, let's see. I got to regroup here. Um, <laughs> What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about masks, yes. And then, um, what are you going to call this, Walt? What the, What is this thing that you just made? What are you going to call this? I have no idea, so I'm not, I have no plans of selling it, so. Well, you know, the, the weird thing is that um, I, I did a, 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 a I was doing a, a, you know, an image for the YouTube for the Say What show. And... I started to look at masks, but then I got into, I wanted to, it, it was more, It's the masks weren't fitting my narrative, and my narrative is that, you know, do you think masks are like fun and nice things, or are they, you know, dangerous and evil, or are they, 
you know, slavery. Do they represent slavery? And so I went and I started looking up uh, slave shackles initially, <clears throat> but then I found out that they actually do use masks. In the, in the slave days, they used to put these masks on people so they couldn't talk, and oh my God, that was just horrendous pictures of that. Um, so, anyway, yes, that's what reminded me. Was it you? I didn't, I just, I was just scrolling through the page, so I didn't take note of who posted it, but someone posted a black and white photo on, on the Cosmic Reality page that in the early 1900s when they had that influenza uh, epidemic people were uh, protesting because everybody was being forced to wear a mask so the comment at the at the bottom of the picture was even back then you know people were protesting about the forceful use of of masks yeah it was yes i mean i didn't post it but i did see it I and did. huh i didn't see it you didn't oh, see well, it? I haven't been in there recently. No wonder I didn't see it. Ignore well, this, me. This was a little <laughs> bit ago. And I don't seem to have it up. Because I did have it up a little bit ago. But it's a... it's a. It, it was eye-opening. And again, it was the same... It was World War One. <clears throat> People are dying of the virus, but they wanted to... Or the... Whatever it was. They had just started up... Uh, radio and then radar on top of it so you got electromagnetic changes that all of a sudden end up in another flu thing well i don't know if that's coincidence or it happens to be a a situation where electromagnetic energy can really screw up your immune system so you catch stuff that wouldn't have killed you the day before except they turned on the electromagnetic fields um but anyway they during world war ii they um, world war one they kind of was it were ignoring it but then so many people were dying of the flu. More people were dying of the flu than they were of the battle. Um, but they also went through, you know, that after the flu was, was coming sort of like dying down, then they started mandating the use of, of, of masks. And again, they had the response of people saying, hey, you know, this is, I don't believe what you're saying. You're trying to, to take away my rights. But... You know, so this is not the first time that they have tried this thing. And we also had a discussion of all of the ceremonial kind of uh, associations, symbolic associations with ceremonial magic, initiation magic, you know, really creepy stuff that, um, you know, is represented by masks. And Jan read a, an article twice, actually. She, we made her do it for Say What Too about all of the symbolisms associated with, you know, essentially ceremonial magic, initiation ceremonies, and masks. And um, she mentioned Eyes Wide Shut, that movie, that I've never been inclined to take a look at. Eyes Wide Shut. And if you want to see some of the dark symbolisms of, you know, that particular slice of life, that's the movie that they keep saying, you know, is the one that kind of spilled it all. And I believe that that was, um, oh, what's his name? The kind of crazy. Well, that, that movie was when uh, Tom Cruise and the, Nic- the Australian woman, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, were, 
were yeah. married. Yeah. And who was the guy that made the movie, the uh, producer, Cuba. director? Cuba. Cuba. Stanley Kubrick. Yes. I think that was his last movie. And, you know, the rumors at the time were that they were letting out more than was normally let out about this. So it's apparently very close to the truth. Like I say, I've never been inclined to look at it. Anti-mask meeting. Yes, there you go. San Francisco Chronicle on January 25th, 1919. Interesting. Okay, so, um, well, thank you for that, Walt, I think. <laughs> I honor your courage. <laughs> a little bit of laughter doesn't kill anybody. I know, but you, all day long. but you don't know that there's a whole lot of women out there that think you're just like a stud. You might have just shattered their illusions. Good. <laughs> there's nothing like, that, like a good dose of truth. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> yep, there you go. Um. Okay, so um, what do you want to talk about? What's been Dolly? What 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 what's in your world that you you went out today? So, you know, you probably have some kind of an excursion story, yes or no, and you probably really. have some other thoughts. I always, uh, I always take pictures and send them to you if we're having a big excursion, I <laughs> as we're did. doing. It. Did I get any pictures today? I didn't see no, any pictures. Oh. No pictures. It, it wasn't uh, It wasn't exciting like it is other times. Uh, but, oh, I know something exciting. You probably won't think it's exciting, you all out there. But to me it is. We got a new lady who comes in and cleans our house once every two weeks. Um, and it's even less money than than that other uh, woman was. Um, and so Annette got to call her up and fire her, the old one. She just, she's, she overstepped her bounds this last Friday. And uh, this lady that we hired is uh, the wife of the man the new man who is now doing our yard, he came in and cleaned it all up for us, and <clears throat> uh, and we liked him so much that uh, we hired him and replaced our other little guy that I hated to fire him, but he's he didn't do as much as what TJ does. So anyway, we were talking to TJ and his dad who came over to fix my drawer at our my fake drawer in the bathroom and uh and we Annette asked TJ do you know anyone who cleans houses good at a reasonable price and he said well I think I do let me call you back and so his wife Ren got a hold of Annette right away <clears throat> and she came over and and this is the exciting part it always takes me rocking around the barn well, actually, I crawl around the barn to tell you the story. But anyway, she came in, and she and Annette have been texting and back and forth because we've asked the guys to do a few things for us. And uh, Ren came in, and she was talking with Annette about 
the things they were talking about in their texts. And they are now friends. And Nat has a friend here in Palm Bay. A girlfriend. Now, I don't mean like romantically. I mean a girlfriend. Like when you're little, you have girlfriends. Well, I'm so excited because now I feel better about leaving her alone. Did we lose Dolly? Dolly, did you mute yourself accidentally? She, she seems to be still here. Is she? Dolly, we can't hear you. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe we lost her because she's not. One, two, three. No. Oh. I don't see that she's dropped off. Wait a minute, my phone is ringing. Oh. <clears throat> probably her saying something. Like she's lost the internet. Okay, phone, show yourself. Oh, shoot. I don't know where the phone is. <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. Follow the sound. I heard it. It's in here someplace. Well, we're having, <clears throat> we're having a typical day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know where the phone is. Am, am I on? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't, see, I, I but can't. That, what about that sound? Uh, wasn't it on your desk or near your desk somewhere? Well, I don't seem to be seeing it. That's the thing. <laughs> Do you want me to call your phone? No, it'll it'll okay. ding again. Oh, I know where it is. I see it. Yep, she's lost power. Oh. Dolly lost power. Oh. So, it's you and me, boy. That's, a ne that's the next thing she needs for that house. She's got the pool, now she needs the emergency generator. Yep. Yep. Well, Are uh, they, is it raining or something in, in their area? I don't know. Oh. But... I think we're still alive. Maybe I should check us. Yeah, we're still we're still alive. Storm is powering is. through here and took ours with it. Oh, took the power with it. <laughs> okay. oh. oh, so she does have a storm. Okay. Oh. Um, well, all right. So we lost uh, we lost Dolly. <laughs> um, just you and me, sir. What would you like to talk about? What have you been doing besides making weird things for your face? <laughs> no, I was I was making this because I'm I was between orders, so I had some free time to kill and I decided to do to do this because uh, one of my customers in in Scotland was asking me about the the spurling mask and and I said she says are you thinking of making them and I said well one of the issues with this is that you have to have measurements, you know, like between the upper lip and the point between the eyebrows, uh, like the width of the nose, because otherwise it could be a, a mask for the size of an elephant. Because on on the when you look at the 
at the website and you see the picture of the mask that they offer uh, it's as, as you can notice from the picture it's just sitting on a flat surface nobody's wearing it so it's difficult to make a, an assessment okay how, how would this fit on my face we don't all have <laughs> boo some people uh, she's is that uh, Dolly back coming back yeah there she is <laughs> we had we're having a storm or had a storm uh and and it took our power away I was just messaging you to join us when you get the power back but, uh, <laughs> and I was trying to get onto Skype and see if I could work it that way and and then we got the internet back okay good 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 i was telling dancy that now that you have the the pool and you have the the new cleaning person and the new gardening person now you need the uh emergency generator i thought so about that, that wall uh, but i don't have that kind of money right now I have to, I have to have money to pay the, the pool boy and the lady who cleans the house and the lawn guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford the generator. <laughs> well, it wasn't out for very long, so no, no big deal. Yeah, and we're used to losing power down here. If somebody sneezes in in the next neighborhood, our power seems to go away. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Sandy had that problem. I don't know if she still does, but any any little thing, she would be the first one to go out. Her, her little neighborhood would just, they had a weak system there. I hope they fixed it. I haven't heard her saying she's been out of power for a while, Whoa. but she probably got so used to it she doesn't report anymore. Because she'd call me and I always had the power. I mean, <laughs> I'm so blessed, you know, it's like... It, the la- Irma, Irma took down a third of the yard, you know, a hundred trees, and there was debris all over the place. But I had power. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> else, nobody, nobody else in the neighborhood had power. Nobody had any power in the neighborhood for ten days. But oh my myself God. and my next door neighbor had power. Now you explain that to me. Because well, we, we, of all the energies in your. In your yard, and who lives in your yard? I'll bet it's those reasons. Well, yeah, that's the backstory as to why we had the power. But essentially, what happened is that one of my pine trees fell on the power line, the main line down the street. And so the guy across the street saw it, called the electric company. And when the electric company could go out, the first place they went was my property. Took the took the tree off of the thing and turned on the power. To my house and her house. So the the line had to have been live, you know, but everybody else's, for 10 days, they were without electricity. Now, if I hadn't had the electricity, I'd have gone bonkers because as soon as I had the electricity, that's when I had electricity for the saws. And I could start working. I could start cutting. I could start doing something. But if I hadn't have been able to do that, I seriously would have been in a mental state. But now, <clears throat> because of of that experience, um, I I had a little extra money, so I took and I bought an electric lawnmower, an electric saw. That's probably more powerful than the ones I 
hook up in with a line, an electric blower, an electric uh, uh, cutting the you know what do you call it like a weed weed whacker type thing, all on batteries and and I swear by this this company I mean it's just like when I go to when I go out to walk and do the lawn all I do is put in a battery, push a button, pull a lever and off we go and it's the best <laughs> lawnmower I've ever owned <clears throat> and there's no. I mean, yes, when you when you have to replace the batteries, the batteries are very expensive. But um, still, the ability to know, I've never even taken the saw out of the box, but to know that if all the electricity goes, and I have a generator, but the electricity goes down, I can still go out there because I've got uh, a system that will repower those batteries, and it's based on solar. So, I mean... But anyway, yes, I, I, I've been very fortunate that I had the electricity. And yeah, um, you have been. Yeah. yeah we, we had an issue like four years ago where during the summer months, every time there would be a storm, the uh, power would go out in our immediate area. And it turns out one time the power was out for like four whole days. And I re- I noticed what is it that they did. Every time the power would go out, the one of their trucks would come over to one of these uh, transformers that you see up on the pole. It's right behind my neighbor's house, and they would go up there and they're changing this you know huge fuse. And then that year that the power was out for four whole days, they actually came with an even bigger truck, and this time they changed the entire transformer. <laughs> so I, I guess that's that was the issue that they were having that whatever that unit was it was either undersized or it was faulty but ever since they did that repair job uh, no matter how violent the storms the power keeps on uh, we haven't had a single blackout this whole summer so that that's another thing that I guess power companies have to uh, be mindful of that these units do grow old, you know, these transformers. And if they get to a weak state, you have the situation you're describing about sending, the the this lightest little thing, you know, the power goes out. Yep. Everything, you know, life is ninety percent maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so, um okay. We're still Dolly. getting we're still getting uh big thunders every once in a while. It stopped raining, but we're getting the big thunders every once in a while in case I disappear again. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. So, um, is there any questions you might have, Walt, about the current events? Because I know you don't pay any attention to them. But Minnesota is better, better, supposedly you're not burning cities to the ground? I'm getting these uh, the junk mail people asking for donations because they're terrified. The the message says um, Trump is sending his daughter to Minnesota, and we ha- you have to you know we have to campaign hard for the Democratic Party before she turns before uh, Minnesota gets flipped red, you know becomes the Republican, and. I had this great desire, but I, I I asked the question, and I got, no, leave it alone. I felt tempted to send her back 
an email with a photo of a couple of fingers flipping at her. <laughs> you know, this is this is what I want for your you and your party, because uh, the 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 great democratic governor of the state. You know, it used to be that you know face mask wearing was not compulsory, and now he ever since last this last Saturday, it's become compulsory. I want I go to get to the gas station to get. That's the first thing the guy says. Oh, you have to ha be wearing a face covering. So I took out the stupid mask. And then when I went to Target, it was so funny walking around with my nose bare. Nobody cares. I'm wearing the mask. And there was, <laughs> there was another listen girl eating a popsicle, and she had her mask down by you know by her uh, by her neck. <laughs> She's eating a popsicle. Nobody's looking at her. Nobody's criticizing her. Nobody gives a hoot. So him and his stupid laws, because that's that's you know. It's already been proven beyond shadow of a, of a doubt. The Democratic Party is makes up ninety percent of the deep state, and they're interested in in uh, in sabotaging Trump at every turn. Uh, somebody posted a, a great little video. Um, I don't know if the gentleman that's speaking in the video is in the House of Representatives. I, no, in the House of Representatives, because he did mention Nancy Pelosi, and the man goes about quoting dates and years <clears throat> how the Democratic Party in this country not only were they proponents and supporters but they actually wrote legislation supporting slavery like he quotes a year when uh, I guess the US is, is still incorporating states for example so they, he's reading that they had a law in place that is if the new state that's been incorporated into the United States has uh, uh, slavery, they have every right to draw laws supporting that. So they were actual supporters and proponents and supporters of uh, slavery. Uh, he, he goes on to quote another year when there was this big giant gathering of, Demo of Democrats and uh, it, was, it, they, it was so big it was called not the clam like the food clams, but it was called the clan bake because it, there was such a huge gathering of Ku Klux Klan at that particular uh, meeting. He goes on to quote different years where for the Republicans voted in favor of, for example, black people being able to vote and being able to do this and being able to do that. And all the Democrats, you know, they were against all of that. So, it's 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 amazing um, that nobody's noticing this or I don't know. Are, so it makes perfect sense that they would be the first ones to propose you know mask wearing because like you said you know slaves were forced to wear masks and it, it, it in the street you feel like telling people you do know that it's somebody that supports slavery that's making you wear this mask right but what the, What's the point? What would you, all you would get is a make, get into an argument with someone, and you're not going to change their mind. They're obeying the law. They're on the side of the law, obeying the law. So, well, pay we'll attention probably, we'll, where the law's coming from. <laughs> Who's drawing? We'll probably this law. be censored because you mentioned the fact that the Democrats have been pro-slavery for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they still are. Because, in my opinion, what they do to the black people is they disempower them. 
you know if you don't if you don't vote for us um you know well then you're going to be damned or something um whereas the republicans are much saner about it they know that you know the black community if the black community was to not be economically viable the economy would be hurt you know it's not black or white it's economics and if you can get a whole area of the economy to you know start to 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 grow and to thrive well then everybody's happy because you know you don't have a drain on the economy when you got these areas you know where there is no economy and the people are are you know they got the food stamps and they got all these social things that the democrats are getting to them but we gave you all this we gave you all this yeah you gave them all these benefits you're giving it to them to keep them in a state of being unempowered whereas the republicans trump comes in and he says and it was it was um scott his name is uh senator scott from north carolina he's a black man and he 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 goes to the president and he says, "Look, we got these problems, but you know, if we if we put money into them, give them a chance to build groceries, to stores, to build local businesses, small businesses, we can change all this." And so the president said, "Well, that sounds like a grand idea. Let's do it." And I'm trying to think, what do they call these things? They call it the um, uh, what is it? What is it? Jan would know. Um, it's when they're giving money to build up uh, areas. You mean and subsidies? It's subsidies? not. It's not so much subsidies. Is it's it's if you if you build a grocery store, we will we will make sure you get the money to do it. You know, and it's based on solid economic. You know, let us put some money into your. This is the way I understand it. Let's put some money into your endeavor to build a local store. So that we can build up this area, and there's I don't know I don't think I, th- I don't think there's a dozen, but I think there's there's you know there's way more than a half a dozen of these places, and somebody in chats probably somebody pay attention to what chats say, and they'll remember. Um, geez, land grants. It's no, it's not even That's land what grants. Sam said. Yeah, it's like a uh, land grant, but it's. Oh man, Scott! Look up Senator Scott's bills or something. Um, but anyway, the, um, the, the so so the economy under under the Republicans under Trump, Trump, you know, unemployment in the black communities, the Latino communities, the Asian communities, the women has all you know been less in, unemployment than any time in the history of the country. Because they're they're basing it on solid economic, you know, where goes one, go we all. It's the concept that if you know if 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 somebody's drowning and they're pulling everybody else down, then for God's sakes, pull them into the boat. You know, and gosh, I wish I could remember what that is. It begins with an R, I think. You know. Re- redeployment, reemployment, re- something. It'll it'll come. Reclamation. It's not reclamation. No, no. Mm. But anyway, the president has done that, and it works because a lot of these areas that well, right now, you've got cities that because of the 
massive amount of destruction that's been physically done to the streets and the businesses, um, those businesses are going to think twice to build, rebuild in a city that allowed this to happen. So what happens is that the businesses just disappear. So what do you have left? Well, you've got people living there with no work and no place to spend their money if they had money. But they don't because there's no work. Because you just destroyed the city and the people that would have given you work said, not in this city again. I'm leaving. I'm going to go to where the Republicans are. Because so is that what happened just, to Detroit? Oh, yes, that's definitely what happened to Detroit. And, you know, it, it's, I don't know that much of the details about Detroit, but there was, um, way back in the 60s, there was a lot of revolts and destruction, and, you know, then the, the industries um, were taken out during this massive exodus of U.S. industries from the United States to other places because they had so much taxing on the U.S. companies that, it was difficult to make a profit. Then on top of that, they put more and more restrictions, whereas they could just say, well, screw you, United States. Sorry about all the workers we're leaving behind, but we can take our concept and go over to Mexico, go to China, go to India, go to Bangladesh, and we can make a profit because once we're there, and I'm not saying that they were kind to the people that were in those, those countries. You know, we're still I got green. an answer. Okay, what is it? Anon9613 says redevelopment grants. Redevelopment grants. That's what it is. Thank you, Anon. Absolutely. Redevelopment. Don't let me forget that again, Dolly. Redevelopment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> redevelopment. <laughs> well, you know, redevelopment is like, yeah, because in some, well, in some of these cases there was no development, but in many many of these cases there there had, the people were there because there were businesses, you know, and they disappeared over the years again, partially because of this bizarre thing of letting all well it is okay the, the okay the, the 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 conspiracy behind it is that the new world government decided that the only way to be efficient in managing economies and societies is to look at it from the perspective of one world. So they decided that um, certain countries would be industrial countries and they would do all the dirty work, like China um, and other places, But uh, and, and America would be the technology center of the universe. And, and some farms, but the farms would all be, you know, industrialized. We're, we're the food bank, but, but they, want them, we wanted, they wanted us all to be the tech. We wouldn't have our own industry because it could be done, you know, cheaper in Mexico. It could be done not better, but cheaper in Mexico. And so you, you get that kind of a movement. So what you had was the country of the United States was falling farther and farther behind it from be, to being self-sufficient. So just from a geopolitical standpoint, this fear of the pandemic and, and you know, what happens when you, when you aren't self-sufficient is the same thing that happens when your next-door neighbor said, you better prep, get the food, get the water, get the guns, get the tea, tea, tea. and you said, no, 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 that's not going to happen, and all of a sudden you're at his door asking to be saved. 
you know and then the next time it happens well yeah you 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 found out that it's true you got to be prepped well the same thing just happened in the united states you know there was if 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 the worst had happened most of the medicine wouldn't would already be gone we wouldn't have been able to get it you know but instead of it letting get to that point you know the president went into warp speed and said we're going to do it all here and today he just announced that um, Kodak, interestingly enough, was going to uh, Kodak is the company that made the original cameras and all the film that myself and Wait, and weren't they? Didn't they disappear? No, they 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 they've been severely hampered. They're not the mega company that they were, but they maintained uh, facilities in Rochester, where is where Kodak grew up about. And, um, I mean, there's still people using film cameras. It's not like it completely dropped off, but, you know, it's minuscule. But, and I, I, this surprised me. I didn't realize that, I knew that they were still in operation because it's in Rochester, oh. which is, I have family in the area. So I still knew that even though it was pretty decimated, it was still an entity. Well, the Kodak company is now, Revamping its entire purpose to uh, manufacture genetic drugs, and not and it seemed like it wasn't just it wasn't so much the final genetic drug; it's the stuff that you have to have to make a genetic drug. But he, uh, the president just announced that they had that that deal had gone through, and he was praising uh, Comey for you know. Are you are you saying this. genetic or generic? Generic. Oh, okay. Because you said genetic, and I'm thinking oh, they're no, making uh, genetics. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, generic. The generic drugs. So, um, what do you mean he's praising Comey? Be- to, because he helped get this uh, Kodak uh, business, you know. Because he's playing the game. Oh, oh, oh I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, gotcha. okay. So, the president. Um, would go before the press and and they'd start snark snarking at him and he'd come right back and he was he was like a a teenage kid in the in the you know playground in many ways I mean it, when he would get at when he would let them bait him and he'd come after him and I, I'm I'm proud of him for doing it because he's making him step step back and think and get mad at him you know to because he wasn't letting them just get away with it. But he's he's changed his his way of of working with him now. He comes out and he doesn't bring out all the other people that he had. It's just him. They wanted him to do press conferences, and by God, he's gonna do them. He's gonna do them. So he comes his out way. <laughs> his way. He comes out and he says, "Okay, this week we did." Yes, I know you didn't think we were doing all that, did you? Behind the street, but this he spends about fifteen minutes telling people all the things that are, are happening, and then he says, "And uh, would you guys like to ask me some questions?" And you know, they he starts taking the questions, and he they don't like his answers, and so he goes to the next one, and now they start to get really kind of irritated at him, you know, because he's he's answering the questions, but he's not 
he's not bite, biting there, you know, he, he doesn't bite anymore. He's just like, yeah, this is it. Well, I'll tell you about that when we figure that one out. And I think he's learned from Kaylee, the, the, the press secretary, actually, because he's more like her, you know. I and, think uh, so, too. You know? I love her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as they start to get really kind of pissy, he says, thank you very much. I'm so glad you were here. And out he goes. He doesn't hang around. For, I mean, <laughs> it's like... I mean, he definitely is listening to the people that are supporting him, but not liking some of the things he's been doing, in my opinion. I'm sure he's yeah. listening to Fox and, and the people that I listen to on Fox, because no sooner will, you know, somebody point out something about the president, then um, you'll see him start to, to make little minor changes. And... Um, yeah, so, but today, today, oh, well, this was just horrendous. Um, the uh, Attorney General Barr had to go before the House Committee, just, uh, what is it, on um, justice, what is it, justice, law, and, I don't know, that whatever how, committee it is on justice, the word justice is in it. And he is supposed, as a matter of fact, what he finally got said was, I, I thought a uh, hearing was where I sat and told you things and you listened to. <laughs> you know, I haven't because they wouldn't let him speak. They they had these these. All I saw, I came in late to it, and all I saw were the Democrats going after him, and they would say, "Did you did you say this?" Blah 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 blah, and he'd go. When was I supposed to say that or what? Uh, I'm taking back my time. I'm taking back my time. And then, and then they'd say something else nasty about him, and he'd, he'd like, "Well, I'm not sure I understand." Well, I'm taking back my time. I'm taking. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it was horrendous. I've never seen anything like it. And the Republican, you know, uh, what's his name, Kevin? He jumps up and he says, uh, well, "You're not letting the man talk. You're not letting the man talk." You know. Oh, out of order, out of order. And, of course, that, what's that guy's nigger? He's got the mask down underneath oh, his chin. You know, yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it was awful. It was just awful. And I, I, I kept trying to turn it off, but I felt like I owed it to, to the attorney general to just stay with him because he was getting the crap. He, he could, he, I, I mean... He couldn't say anything. Every time he tried to open up his mouth, and one time he's saying, they're saying, yes or no, yes or no. And he said, I'll do what the law says. Yes or no, yes or no. I'll do what the law says. Oh, that means no. You know, I got my time back, my time back. You know, oh, my God, it was, it was just awful. Absolutely See awful. how scared they are of him? Did you hear that? Uh, I sent it to Dolly, and Dolly saw it. Did you hear that uh, six-minute video? On the indictments? I did. I sent it. Oh. So, what, what do you what do you think of that? Is, you think well, that's I didn't know where it came what? from. I didn't know where it was based on. All it was was somebody reading off that all these things had happened. Show me the, show me the proof. Who's saying it? I didn't even know who was talking. I didn't even know who oh, they were know. talking it, to. It got sent to me, so... Yeah, it had, it had no validity, in my opinion, because there was just no background. There was no, I didn't know who it was or what it was or, you know, it's nice to say all these people or a hundred people are already in jail or whatever, but if, you, if you're if you not showing it to me, what's the point? 
Um, I found it interesting, but but there is no proof yet. Yeah. They send out all these lists of people who are supposedly executed, those who are in Gitmo, those are who are uh, house arrest and those who have been hung and and but where's the proof I'd be waiting for proof I just find it interesting to see who's on the lists yeah. and I I can wish and hope a little <laughs> okay we're at the top of the hour and welcome back to the Cosmic Rally Radio Show. It is July 28th, 2020. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Um, yeah, Dolly's still here. Um, yes, uh, one thing more I, I just have to say about this this thing with, with the Attorney General. It was so sad because at one point he just said, could I take a five-minute, could we have a five-minute break? And Nadler said no. And I swear to God, I could see in, in Barr's face, you know, like, well, then I'm just going to piss myself right here in this chair. And he said, look, it, I waited 45 minutes for you to show up to start this, and we haven't had a break. I haven't had anything to eat. Meaning, you know, he didn't want to say, or take a piss. But it was so sad. It really was a very sad event to, to see. And... um we keep reporting on, on, on this stuff. I, I honestly thought that... I didn't think that it have to go this far. I thought we could do this much quicker and without such drama. But obviously it keeps going on. And I'm just wondering if it's not time for us to kind of like bring in some of these other people who are seeing it from different angles, like Anelia and... Um, you know, uh, 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 what's her name? The psychic, Utava. Uh, oh, you, yeah, Utava. Utava. Utava, right? And uh, so, anyway, this, this, I just gave you uh, a piece of writing that came over, and it was on Facebook, and it's from uh, Luna Joy. Jeez, I don't, Yaxin. Yaxin? And it it just really struck me as being a good message to uh, to present. So, Walt, you say I love it when you read. I don't like it when I read. Or you know, Do- <laughs> Dolly, I always feel like it's a little bit of a struggle. But you always seem to do it well. And um, so you said you would read that. Yes. Uh yeah. Uh, I just I just went to the site. I wanted to see if it, the text is there, but I see a different text. So I'm just going to read from the Skype chat. Let me Thank open you. this up here. Okay. So the, the it has a date. It says May fourth. Uh, many years ago, the Star Elders said that when the shift of ages arrived, it would come as a huge surprise. Well. We could not have seen this time coming. With the element of surprise, we cannot prepare nor can we armor against it. Any unexpected event has a greater capacity to shift the mass consciousness of humanity than something that could be prepared for. This is what they share today. Much of this came a piece at a time, 
or one line at a time. Then before posting this, I ran it all by them again for fine-tuning. This is how they wanted it read the best way we could within the limitation of the English language. <clears throat> this unexpected time is the dawning. This is the beginning of a great dismantling. Obsolete consciousness is being dissolved. <coughs> Excuse me. Duality is deliberately canceling itself out. All of creation is being cleared to create a new vessel. The new world template is now being envisioned in spirit. This is a cosmic transfiguration process. All will experience this time in various stages. First, denial, shock, fear, depression, confusion, numbness, anger, and righteous rebellion. They will all move into deep rest and the birth of new coherence. No life form can be placed under extreme levels of continuous compressed evolution without cracking open and awakening to the new unexpected reality. No life form can be placed under the sustained alchemical heat of deep unknowing without cracking open to awaken to a new truth and evolved laws of nature. This is a collective dark night of the soul for humankind. There will be no immunity or inoculation or way to avoid this. Expect nothing to feel solid, and nothing will feel stable underfoot. The only constant will be centered in your internal orientation point. This will guide you to safely navigate this dissolving paradigm. All will be placed in a great cleansing void. You will not know where truth is during this metamorphosis. All the sides that are dissolving are distorted or contaminated. Most will question everything and understand very little. Many will see from many perspectives yet still feel blind. Most will question if they will lose everything they know. You will think there is no end to the world confusion and the madness. But all these things will end and will begin anew. This is a space where everything will change. What will be the next cycle of your, of, of your embodiment be? What will you accept in this new world? What will you reject and disallow in your future? This is a great awakening and it is finally here. And you are the master of your reality. What will you empower to manifest? I couldn't help noticing the... I'm sure Dali <laughs> will agree with this when it says nothing will feel solid. Oh, yeah. Expect nothing to feel solid and nothing will feel stable underfoot. <laughs> I've been can... feeling that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she wrote that back in May. <laughs> Think of it, May, June, July, you know, we're almost in August. So she was dead on about, you know, what was about to happen. Happening and, you know, would continue. I thought it was very, very interesting. Yeah, the, the, the first time I saw that text, it was sent to me by my customer in, in Scotland. She knows this lady in person because this lady had, has visited her, so she sent me that text. But uh, it's it's so resonant, isn't it? 
it's so yeah, dead on yeah. as to what yeah. we're seeing and, and experiencing now. And, Absolutely. And I, <clears throat> I like the way that it ended, leaving it, you know, so what are you going to do about it? You know, yeah. it, it wasn't somebody telling you what to do. It, it's, it's up to us. We have to figure a way through this. And... Jeez, you know, yeah, this is a, this is also in line to what Anelia is saying that this this business of the fake pandemic scare and everything they're forcing you know people to keep away from each other you know social distancing no gatherings blah 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 and she says and that's remember I read it in the last show that's exactly the opposite of whom humanity should be doing right now they should be getting together to come together to make the new reality, not be split apart and kept at a distance from each other. To do that, you know, you're playing into the hands of the cabal because they're not stupid. They know what's happening with the transformation and transfiguration of human consciousness. So they're doing everything They're doing everything in their playbook to uh, do the opposite. Keep them in fear. You know, fear fee- feeds them. Keep them separate. Keep them isolated. And you know uh, the whole rioting thing. That's another another thing from their playbook. Because they know that it's, it's happening, and they they have no way of stopping it other than playing out. You know, okay, let's look at this page from the playbook. Oh, look at chapter twelve. What is this? oh? We should be doing this thing. And it's 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 kind of ironic that so many people scream that battle cry oh yes you have to remember the past the hip the past or you're or you're condemned to repeat it yeah but it's kind of selective because they keep repeating the past to replay like all wars and all conflicts but they don't remember the past to remember the old tricks that have been played on you so it's kind of a selective remembering <laughs> not not useful remembering oh we saw this we already saw this like for example the the article about that mask thing that happened in 19, you know, 20 something. 12, 1912. Okay, 1912. Okay, well, nobody's remembering that. So one day, one day, give me that, that thing. Oh, if we'd forget the past, we're doomed to repeat it. No, you're doomed to repeat it because you're not, you're, you're not letting it go. You keep replaying the same energy and, and you're stuck there. Like here in, uh, there's a group here in Minnesota. They get together and they dress up as World War II soldiers, and they play both sides. They're still stuck there, and and this was explained to me by a gentleman who does this transpersonal hypnotherapy, and he says, "Exact. These are all all these people that are participating on this. They don't realize they're incarnations of those soldiers." They never, they never got over the battle. They're still playing that energy. So that's why they, they go and they dress up and they LARP this whole conflict. And, you know, they they support themselves by saying, oh, if you forget the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Well, you're, you're doomed to repeat it because you just keep not letting go. You're so tied to the identity of that energy that you keep redoing it and redoing it. It's like you hear stories like this and... It, you understand the words of Paramhansa Yogananda when there's one of the anecdotes is that he was sitting with a circle of students and during a pause one of the girls thought she had a, an intelligent question or a, 
what do you call it, an outstanding question. She said, Master, where is hell? And he just looked at her and says, where do you think you are? <laughs> well, hell is what's this present, uh, you know, what humanity has created with all the ignorance and with all the games and all the conditionings we have endured. Yeah, it does become hell, doesn't it? From the moment that you are born disconnected from nature, that's just the beginning of a very hellish journey. You're disconnected from nature. You're not uh, taught to connect to other energies around you. And neurology, which should be like in kindergarten, teaching children how to manipulate energy, that's not shown to anybody. In fact, it's frowned upon. So, yeah, it's a bit of a, a hell construct, but since we contributed to building it, we can dismantle it, right? My aunt <laughs> was Jehovah Witness, and that's what she said. They preach that we're living in hell right now. <laughs> Earth is I'm, hell. That's what they preach. To well, her. I'm glad I never let them in my door then. <laughs> yeah, really. Actually, one day I did. I was bored. I was in the army. They came to my apartment. And I said, oh, well, I, I don't know too much about that. Why don't you come on in? Well, by the time they left, they were so conf confounded as to what they believed in that they never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had a, a, a sergeant. Uh, it, he, he was uh, a Mormon. And... It was one of these situations where I was the officer of the post and he was the, you know, we had to man the post in case something happened over a weekend. And so on Saturday we chit-chatted, you know, you know how I go. And the next day he brings in his book, the Book of Mormon or whatever their book is. And I said, oh, okay, great. You know, and we're, we're there like, you know, eight hours. So I start going through this thing and I go, Oh, so this is what this means. And I blah, 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 blah. And he'd look at me and he'd go, No, I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, Well, it says right here. And he went, Yeah, that's what it sounds like, but that's not what I understand it means. And I said, Well, let's try something else. So by the end of that day, he he had no idea what he believed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man. Nothing, nothing gets explained. Everything you're supposed to learn by rote like uh, like those savants that can quote the Bible, any page, any chapter, any book in the Bible. And uh, I remember there's a, an, an anecdote about this particular thing with uh, Swami Sri Yukteswar, uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's um, guru, where Swami Sri Yukteswar visited um, a forest a hermitage and he he found it very interesting the way that uh, the teacher there was teaching the the disciples because they were studying the Bhagavad Gita, and he would observe them, and what they would do is they would read a passage uh, instead of taking like a whole page or a whole paragraph or anything. All they would do is just read one single passage, and they would just meditate on it, however long it took them. Uh, 30 minutes, an hour, and then somebody would raise their hand and says, I, I know what it means, Master. And, and the Master would look at him and says, no, you don't get it yet. Keep going. 
And that's how they would absorb it. They would take one little bit at a time and meditate on it until you get that connection, that correct knowing what it means, not an intellectual reasoning, not an intellectual processing. So uh, once once the class was over, he was able to sit down and and talk to this teacher, and the teachers and the teacher said, "Have you ever read the Bhagavad Gita?" And Sri Yukteswar says, "Yes, very many times. I still don't know what it means." <laughs> and he and he goes and and the teacher laughed and he says, "If you only knew." how very few people have ever dared to say those words because everybody's so proud that, oh, I, I know all the passages of the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, I read all the books of Yogananda. I have read... Okay, great. Fantastic. You have a photographic memory. You're a talking book. What does it mean? Uh, well, it says right here that, yeah, but what does it mean? Truly, what is the significance of it? That was my challenge to those Jehovah's Witness ladies that confronted me in the train. I said... How has it impacted your life? How are you using this in your life? And all I would get is just silence. And <laughs> they, they, they never, you know, they read the words, but never go deeper than the words. Yeah, well, my brother so, was a Baptist, and he tried the Bible with me, too. And so, oh, read this. And I'd say, oh, so it means this. And he'd go... Uh, let's try this, you know, because <laughs> it's like it, it d- depends on on where you are in your perception as to what the words mean. So yeah, right. you, nobody ever knows what it means. You can only say what it means to you. Of course, I said that to the English. I, I was a substitute teacher for the English, the head of the English department, and uh, she was doing poetry. And so the kids come in, you know, and I said to them. So, <clears throat> what does this mean to you? And so they start giving me, like, you know, the, the cliff notes of what it's supposed to mean. <clears throat> and I said, I said, wait a minute. I said, you're telling me what you read that somebody said the author meant. I said, how the hell does that person... Well, I didn't say hell because I was, you know... Uh, how, how would the person that know what the author said... The only person that matters when you're talking about any kind of literature is you... What are you getting from it? It doesn't matter what the author meant. It's important what you're getting out of it. And so the teacher came back and, you know, well, this is what it means. No, Miss Hopkins says it only matters what we think, you know. I I never substituted in the English department again. (laughs) And that's how school spoon feeds you the, the reality that you live. It's not yours. It's being fed to you, force-fed to you, while you're tied to a chair. And that's why, you know, it's uh, traditional public schooling is so stultifying. It's, it's not meant to open your horizons or expand your mind or your consciousness. It's meant to prepare you to be a good laborer in, uh, in society, work, produce, reproduce, and do it and repeat. <laughs> Well then, Work, then, then pay, there was uh, then there taxes, was the, then there was the history department. Okay, now think about it. I was teaching in uh, 1971 time frame one two you know all winter thing, and 
so I, I'm out of the English department because, well, this was, this would have been of 72. I'm out of the English department because they don't want people to think for themselves. And then I get into the, uh, history department and apparently they did not want to know the truth about America's <laughs> role in anything <laughs> at, to the point that they were monitoring my class with the, uh, loudspeaker. Oh my God. Yeah, I got called down to the principal's, the vice principal's office. And I think he might have been history department person or whatever. But anyway, he starts questioning me about my interpretation of history. And I said, I was using your book. You know, don't, don't give me a book and expect me to read what you want me to hear from it. I'm going to tell you what I know I'm hearing from it. And what I know about history, so I, I didn't. I didn't go in the history department. <laughs> you know, one department after another. No, please. Home Ec liked me though, because I knew nothing and said nothing. <laughs> oh, so God. they figure that's a safe place. For that's you. a safe place. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just. Oh, I couldn't go into the math department because I had already. Uh, been a math teacher and and was in all sorts of trouble for teaching people math. Well, they didn't want that either. I mean, I just sort of wasn't cut out to be a teacher. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, you can start a rebellion any day of the week. Just about, yeah. And the kids loved me. (laughs) I was just, I mean, you know, in some cases, I was only a few years older than they were. The seniors. And, um, you know, in my, my, I had, let's say I had, what, five siblings in the, in, no, four, five siblings in the, uh, in the high school that I was teaching at. <laughs> Did you ever have any of them in your class? I had my brother, Mike, was in one of my, um, uh, study halls. He kept me from throwing a student out the window. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Thank God he was in that study hall. I might have just got out of jail. (laughs) (laughs) See how the tricky, tricky way that they've set us up, you know. Which path do you want? (laughs) I don't want that one. That was my number one complaint in in technical school because I went to a six-year technical school. And looking at the material as it was being given by the teacher, um, it's the first thing that I notice is like, the teacher is not teaching the student how to think or how to process this in a in a proper way. They're just giving you the uh, information, and they expect the student to automatically understand it without any explanation. Oh, this is what the book says, so this is what it is. Uh, when I had to, uh, sometimes guys from other classes would come to ask me to prepare them for cl- because. The way it works in Argentina, the, the, the what do you call it, the evaluating system is, uh, remember you're in the southern hemisphere, so you have summer in December and you have winter in July. So it's the opposite. So classes will begin in February, depending on the school. Some schools have three trimesters, other schools have bimesters, uh, and so classes will begin in February and will end in November. So in December you have to take all your finals, you know when they you have to uh, do the tests for all the met, all the subjects that you had, 
But if you fail them, you have to come back in March next year and take that test again so that you can get a passing grade so you can, you know, be promoted to the next grade. And there were guys that were struggling with so many, many subjects because they didn't understand what the way the teacher was presenting the material. So what I would do is instead of telling them it's this or it's that, I would just I would ask him questions and I would show them, you know what, you already have the answer. The problem is that you don't know how to get to the answer, so I would start asking them questions. How do you do this? And when you do this, it, it puts you where? And once you've done that, where? What does that mean for you? And what does this do for you? And lo and behold, they got to the, to the solution of the problem, and I didn't tell them anything. All I did was asking them questions. I was just pointing okay, look at this, and if you do this, what happens? And then, and, and that's it. So they were spending their energy and their time discovering that they, they knew how to get to the answer. They just, they just needed, you know, signs on the road, <laughs> not to be told what the answer is or my idea of how it should be solved. It, they just needed to be shown. And then when, and, and the most difficult subject to explain is physics. Oh, God. To get a good physics professor, you have to win the lottery because they have a devil of a time explaining physics concepts. You know, the equations, no problem. They can explain the equations, but when it comes to explaining, you know, why things happen the way they happen, and then you read somebody like Cater and discover that everything you've been taught in physics is is mostly wrong. <laughs> so, but that was, that was my beef with the teachers, you know. I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, why aren't you teaching these people how to think, how to reason a subject? Don't just, you know, give them the information and here, understand it. How? How are they going to understand it? They haven't seen it before. So, well, I've told, yeah. <laughs> I've told this story before about being in electronic warfare and it was the first time that I was in a class that was talking about electricity and antennas and all this stuff and I asked the professor but what what is it and what I was asking is what is electricity and he went into these weird stories and I'd say no 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 what is it and we went through this five times before he looked at me and he said you want to know what electricity is and I said yes and he says oh nobody knows what it is (laughs) and right then and there I said well, I know what my goal in life is to figure out what electricity is. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, but no, they don't teach people how to think. No. Anything oh, but. Don't think for crying out yeah. loud. Don't think. No. Yeah, like this this obsession with grades. They're not teaching you to know anything or understand anything. You have to get the grades. Once you get the grades, it doesn't matter if you graduate and you're like a total zero. And I've met, you know, people that are actually in college, and I'm thinking, these people are in college, and they don't understand this? What are they, like, (laughs) let me give you an example. Um, This is probably, um, maybe it's exaggeration on my part, because maybe, I don't know, maybe the person, it was an honest mistake on the part of the person, but I found it very comical. Uh, One of the devices that I make in my website is called... uh, grounding an energy projecting cylinder and it looks like a cylinder it's about you know five inches long it's about a, an inch and a half 
in diameter, and inside you see the aluminum tubes. You know, you can see the picture if you go to the website. So I make one of these for a lady customer that's a friend of a, the first customer that ordered the, the cylinder. She liked it. She liked the energy it gave off and everything. So she placed an order for it. But I don't know this this lady what I don't know about her psychological makeup. <clears throat> she was asking me uh, why don't I offer a satchel or a kind of bag for it because it kind of bothered her seeing the aluminum cylinders, the little cylinders inside the big cylinder because. To her, they look like bullets, and it doesn't look like bullets to me because, I mean, what do I know about weapons? And so she, this woman is a college professor, and she sent me this long letter with her idea how I should get a sewer to saw bags, cloth bags for these cylinders. And she's going sewer, on, I mean, a sewer. Well, no, somebody she, who would sew it. Correctly, uh, to my understanding is it's a seamstress, someone who does sewing for a living. Okay, yeah, okay. But she kept writing the word sewer in the letter. Oh. So I thought of writing to her. I, I don't know. I would. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what kind of college professor are are you? I mean, what do you teach? And I was going to say, you know, well, you know, a, a sewer is a smelly place. <laughs> yeah, that's what confused me. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I've met you know people in the in the college arena, and they're like, "Okay, I'm not impressed." I uh, in my in my mind, okay, anybody who's in college, oh, they must be a walking Einstein or a Tesla or something, because Evans to Betsy, they're in college. That one time that I was able to go two semesters to Long Island University, they're just overgrown teenagers. Not nothing to write home about. <laughs> But that's that's just me, I guess. Uneducated teenagers. <laughs> but they get the passing grades. That's what's mattering. Once you get the passing grades, you get the diploma. And that's your certificate. You're allowed to live in the world. If you have enough money or enough notoriety, you can get whatever you want. <laughs> I, I worked in, uh, I was the administrative assistant at MSU for the director of orientation. And they would bring in the football people separately. They're, they always kept them separate. And uh, I went down one time because uh, Morovich wanted me to go and hand out these uh, preliminary these exams to the guys and I was reading the questions and and I said to him now are you sure that this is for entry level getting into college and he said yes yes I looked at him and I said seriously and he said I know Dolly I know they're too simple of questions but these guys don't have any brain power <laughs> and we want them to play football. <laughs> oh. So that was my lesson on that one. 
So we're we're just livestock. It is true. The masters do eat us for dinner. Yeah. We're just livestock to them. Yeah. It it was pathetic, really. No one ever in their lifetime made them learn. They just pushed them forward each grade. Mm. Go out, make money. Yeah. That's why I, 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 yeah, so that's why I'm sorry. I don't feel any love for professional sports because it, what it is it? It's a bunch of millionaires, you know, fighting for a ball. <laughs> what is it? They, they retire when they're 40 years old, you know, with a four, if if they haven't, you know, burnt their fortune with drugs and any or some other form of corruption, you know, you're retiring at 40 and you're in uh, you're in the prime of life. You could do whatever you want. You don't have to work anymore. I uh, used to grouse about golf. My my dad, well, my family loved golf, male and female, <clears throat> and I'd I'd bitch about it all the time. Well, um, Stan took me golfing. He said, "You really need to do this. It's exercise. It's good for you." So. He taught me how to golf. And before he taught me, I always said, why would I want to hit a ball and go chase it just to hit it again? What is the fun in that? And after the first two games, I was hooked. I loved golf. So I was one of those silly people who would hit the ball and go chase it. (laughs) And I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well but it is a you have to admit that it is a game of skill yes that's why, that's why my boss hated me the first time I tried it because I beat his pants off and it was the first time I was even touching a golf club <laughs> and all he all he did was curse and you know curse and rant and rave the, the entire time I said I, I don't know I'm just doing what I'm being told what feels right. I, I've never played this before in my life. <laughs> oh, no, that made a matter, you nut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should have said beginner's luck. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the only thing I can think of, you know, beginner's luck. I, I, I don't know. It feels right to do this movement, so that's what I'm going to do. His, his directions were not that... I, I was looking at... The, the the thing is that that's it's my fault because I was looking I wasn't looking at it as a sport I was looking at it as a technical challenge, so I'm looking at the physics of it. Okay, what the hell do I have to do to get this dumb thing over there? And that's what I that, that's what I was aiming for. I wasn't interested in the sport or getting points or anything. I didn't even know how the point score was being kept. I mean, his his uh, business partner was the one keeping score, so. You, Who you knows, probably, maybe I played golf in another life. <laughs> well, no, because I could immediately understand, because it it is all angles and, and you know, how much force yeah. do you put through a certain angle and how far will it go if you do this? I mean, it, and you Which see the world that way. Use. Yeah. So it would have been, you know, just something that you naturally fell into. If anybody had given you a lesson, you probably would have, like... <laughs> <laughs> not been able what? to do anything because they would have confused you to the point of you know you got to make sure that your right hand is in this position your left hand why 
And don't because forget if you, to put your tongue out in the right way. Oh, yeah. you got to put your tongue in the right way. And you have to... You know, tap your base of your shoes with a with a golf club. You know, a certain number yeah. of times, and then fart in the wind <laughs> in the right direction. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, and and by that time you probably have, have really not been able to golf. You would have been under such a neurotic crisis. It's mostly it's mostly superstitious movement. Like the the first time I had a chance to you know uh, touch a pool a pool cue and play in a pool table. It looks so simple. It's just, you know, geometrics and movement. And just uh, if you can control your uh, amount of energy you're putting on the ball, it's practically you can actually foresee what the movement's going to be. It it looks so simple. I, mean, I just, I had no problems with it. Except, you know, annoy the person that's trying to teach you. <laughs> So, so you also were were excellent at pool. Yeah, it was just like one game, and uh, he was so annoying because he kept saying, "Oh, if you want to get this right, you have to make sure you angle it this way." And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then I did whatever I wanted, and it it it's it's like so simple. I mean, I'm not trying to pretend that I'm some kind of genius because I'm not. It's just it's you know balls on a flat surface and you're hitting them and there's if you if you can visualize you know how much energy and the angle and the, the the trajectory you can more or less predict where the ball will end up unless there's deformations on the table or it's if it's out of angle or something that will that will impact the movement of the ball it's fairly straightforward i don't know why they make it into such a weird science it's just physics you know, we must well. see, we must see the game table exactly the same way because I <laughs> I was one of these people that you know w- what's this game about? You want to do that, and I saw everything in angles and and trajectories and and force, and so I went from not being able to do it to you know beating everybody around me, and it w- <laughs> it was simply because, like you say, to me it was just angles. And how do you set your body up to get the right force moving through that particular angle? You know, so yeah. it, 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 it was. Since I, since I got bored with it. Since I only did it once, since yeah. I only did it once, I never had a chance to experiment with that thing where they hit the ball in such a play, in such a way that it actually spins as opposed to just traveling in a straight line. So they make the ball arc. It gives it a curved trajectory as opposed to a straight trajectory. No, I never. It was just the one game. Oh, you'd have fun uh, with that because it's where <laughs> it's where it's where you hit it on the ball. It goes. It yeah. it gets. You know, your visual when you're trying to do that. Instead of visually seeing the entire table going from where you are to the ball to where you want to go, you actually focus on the ball itself because the ball is a is a spinning, you know, once it gets spinning, it just takes a little pressure here or there to make it do weird things. Yeah. And yeah. that's that just comes from doing it enough. Well, you'd see it, you know, as soon as you got the, oh, I'd love to see you try that one because that can be so much fun. You can actually make them reverse. Oh. You know. Oh, yeah. There's, well, there's, I, did, I did try that in, in bowling, and, and, it, and it does work, you know, the, the spinning throw. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the same Espe- Especially when... Especially when you have one or two pins and and you need this thing to go in a specific uh-huh. way, yeah. yeah. But uh, 
the way they do bowling in Argentina is so difficult. It's actually more, um, it, it requires more work from you than the American way because the American way you have the, the large ball and it's two throws, right? But in Argentina, they use a smaller ball. It's similar in size to a bocce ball, if you've ever seen a bocce ball. And it takes three throws. So it's, it. believe it or not, it, you think, oh, three throws, you can do a strike. And it, no, not with those small balls. You really have to throw it. In a, you have to, you know, master hitting all the, all the pins with this smaller ball. And it doesn't have any holes. So you're holding it in the palm of your hand like a cantaloupe. And my mom was a master. She actually won a, a trophy for the best score in a female, an all-female competition one year. You know, I think that that's what we called candle pin bowling here. Well, in in Massachusetts, the pins are shorter and fatter, and like I said, the balls are like like a cantaloupe. They're like a fat bocce ball. There's no holes in it. No, these were smaller. They wouldn't have been a cantaloupe. Mm. They made it maybe a grapefruit. Oh. And and the balls, I think the pins were the same size. But that was, and it was odd because I thought that that was bowling. That's what we grew up on was candle pin bowling. Somebody said to me when I was in college or something, you want to go see bowl? And oh my God, I'd never bowled these things before. I didn't even know they existed, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, and I don't know where that candle pin bowling concept came from because it was very specific apparently to my hometown. Never saw another. Oh, so it's obviously it, some European style. Yeah, it has to. It had to have had a really good story. <laughs> I should. I yep. should go on. We have a a, a a Facebook group. Well, we have. I you know I belong to it, and it's called "If You Remember This and You Lived in Oxford, Massachusetts." <laughs> 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 you know, and uh, they they do. I bet you somebody would know the story about that. Uh, it was funny because. I, I, I somehow or another I got on it and for a while I was really following it well somebody called me out on it and uh, they had a picture of me when we were like 12 years old <laughs> the campfire girls you know and they oh and this is Nancy Hopkins you know and that caught my and I found this group but um, th- they just had so many different stories about things that when you're growing up in like a town like that that you go you know later on what what really and the real the real question the one that that I didn't know and apparently most people did not know was why the elementary school that we went to burned down it was called the Joslin school and i remember uh we weren't too far from the school we could walk to it um when it caught on fire and this this just burned to the ground it was a, a brick building no, it was. It happened, you know, when nobody was in it. Well, so flash forward, you know. Well, let's see. It had to have been sixty years, pretty near, maybe more. I found out that what had happened is that in the basement, where the bathrooms were, there was also the place where the they had like a a, a cooler for the milk that they would give out to us, you know, halfway through the day when you took a break. 
and at lunchtime you could get your milk there. That cooler had short-circuited, started a fire that burnt down the school. And I never knew that until that. So, see, Facebook has a reason for being. I learned, I learned something <laughs> that would have been almost impossible any other way to learn. Well, that's what happens when you don't have the internet. And kids didn't have uh, cameras on their phones to photograph everything to death. <laughs> that's why I enjoy our Facebook, the. The, the cosmic reality Facebook so much because people put some things on it that I had no clue existed <clears throat> and I loved sharing talking about them uh, and sharing with each other the different things I, I learned so much from that Facebook I appreciate you you do developed it or made it or whatever you do to get it. <laughs> the cosmic reality one? Yeah. Well, last week um, I really started not uh, broadcasting from home. It's It's in the cloud. So I felt like I was detached from the group of cosmic reality you know the people that are out there that follow us that you know feel like they might have found friends if not family and so I'm you know asking the guides so what are we supposed to do now and I realized we had to connect in a different way uh, beyond the electronics and so I said okay so what they did was they had me take the Hiponopono resonator Walt that was has been underneath the microphone and to take oh. it out to the cat catio where the four cats are three of them two of them absolutely ET cats <laughs> one of them <laughs> we're not sure where he came from and then mama cat she's just you know she's the comeback of another cat that I loved and cherished so I go in there and I put it on the on the Shanghai and what happened, I said, so, and I really didn't know, well, what, what are we going to do? So I assumed that it was probably, you know, connect to the, to the Shungite grid. And, uh, of course, the Shungite grid is intricately connected to the water grid, the, the tree grid, you know, all of the different grids that are making up Gaia. So, um, and that's what, what I sort of thought to do. But they just had me sit down in a, in a plastic chair was my feet right next. I wasn't even, I, I could touch the shungite, but I was not, you know, like on top of it or anything. Just sitting there, in the, but the resonator was. And all of a sudden, I started getting pictures in my head. And the first one, one to, to jump up was the green man. And, you know, the green man was uh, the first creation of Gaia to kind of like be the guardian, the watcher for... Um, the human beings so, I mean the fairy the fairy realm okay so that and he jumps up and then and then a lot of fairies started happening and then the djinn showed up and the, and and the dragons and all of a sudden I realized that what was happening was I was getting like a, a you know all of the various versions of Gaia's creations that we have to connect with all of it from the trees to the fungi in the in the ground, the microorganisms, the birth, everything, 
we have to reconnect as individuals. You know, um, I didn't feel like I was connecting with human beings. I felt like well, I was... Well, you're, you're channeling what Inelia just sent. <laughs> oh, really? Do you have it? Yep. Why don't yep. you read it? Go read it. Read it. Uh, we, o- we only got seven minutes. That's all right. We'll go over. I'll take out the sun. I'll take out the music. Okay. Five minutes. <clears throat> I would like to. Uh, for I would like you to explore a topic with me. You can contemplate it, research it, think about it, and also bring in your inner guidance, wisdom to explore it. A few thousand years ago, maybe not so few, our human collective on this planet decided we would have a light, light slash dark experience. This experience is also known as the age of separation. Part of the conditions to be able to achieve this light-dark experience was to have the illusion of separation, an illusion that says every person, every tree, every fish, every animal, every stand of grass is separate from all the rest, separate from everything. It also says that we as humans are the only intelligence on the planet, the only sentient beings too. It also meant that we stopped hearing others, hearing in quotes, Not just other people, but also other animals, plants, birds, rocks, water, wind. We also started to believe that each one of us, humans, was alone. Alone among a crowd, alone in our thoughts, feelings, emotions, perceptions, wishes and desires. Yet, go to any beach and you will see clusters of humans. Cities are clusters of humans. We created roads to be able to quickly and effortlessly travel to other people. Yes, stores are run by people. We invented cell phones that keep us connected not just with friends, co-workers and relatives, but also to large networks of people we have never met in person. We cluster, we connect. We depend on others for every single item in our lives. Want some water? Open the tap and water comes out due to thousands of people working to make it happen. Reading this article... Thousands of people worked to make it happen, from the font on your screen to the screen, to where you bought the device to have with you. It goes on and on. All our technologies are about reconnection. There are also technologies of separation, destruction of others, domination and power over others. But how many of those do you have in your household? Maybe if you are in the military, you may have a few items that are designed and built to destroy other bodies in mass, But if you are not, it is unlikely that you do or are near devices of mass destruction. There are a few aspects to our true group nature that if resolved, we can more easily express and co-create a physical reality that is not only supportive of us, but reflects our true nature. We are a collective species. 1. The corrupted group dynamic. We have seen this happen from religions, sports teams, technology, designer labels, education, gangs, cults. The list is long. These flourish and grow because of the innate need for a person to belong to a group. Number two, the I, me, and myself. Exclusivity and separation of experience, the I in the equation, removes the shared experience of red flags and group actions that are not supportive of its members. Number three, you have to accept family no matter what they do. 
We are taught that love equals acceptance and liking other people. The fact is that we can love someone very much, but dislike them to the degree that we prefer not to spend any time with them. The love, in quotes, and to like, in quotes, are separate emotions. We might think, I like everyone I love. That's why I love them. This is because often we confuse the person to what the person does or behaves like. For example, the child of the abusive parent loves his or her parents, but does not like what the parent does. Often this develops into a dislike of the person, but the love does not go away. Again, the list could go on and on. The point in the three examples above is that none would be possible if there was complete transparency and connection between the members of the group. For example, you would not join a corrective group or gang with hierarchy and exclusivity without the I, me, myself and a strong need for family no matter what they do. Quite obviously the gang represents family no matter what and protection of the I, me, myself you would join a group that is not corrupted, one that ultimately grows connections without low-frequency coercions. Divide and conquer, divide et impera, is a well-known strategy to rule the masses. Our reluctance to resist belonging to a group is not without reason. Group tends to follow the corruption programs that have been embedded in the human collective for thousands of years. We are also taught from a young age that groupthink is very dangerous. Yet, unless we join in consciousness, we cannot be fully who we are as individuals, part of a larger collective consciousness. Another fact is that people from around the world are now coming together in joint meditations, intents, and work with a base of five high-frequency results. We now how to do this. We just have to break through our self-imposed limitations to achieve it. The illusion of the individual, in quotes, is the brick and mortar of the hive mind, in in quotes, a group ruled by a dominant mind. A healthy group or collective is the opposite. No single mind can rule the rest, as all are completely transparent. The biggest strength of the promoters of low-frequency reality is in being able to hide what they do. When it is made visible and public, suddenly their power is gone. It seems strange, but the extreme focus on the individual that our society promotes is exactly how we are ruled with a hive mentality. Remove the disconnection, the individual grows. His or her awareness expands and can then become part of a supportive collective inclusive of his or her individual self. Have you seen those flocks of birds that look like clouds moving in perfect synchronicity? Those birds don't always live like that, but when they come together, magic happens. For a high-frequency group to exist, it needs connected individuals. It's like a dance. It is to be seen, to see, to be admired to admire, to be supported, to support, to be nourished, to nourish, to be inspired, to inspire, to be energized, to energize. I look forward to hearing your insights, thoughts, and conclusions on this topic. Enjoy light love, Inelia. So, when you started seeing all of that, it reminded me of what she's saying. I uh, agree. This, this and we- <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, give the uh, Ascension 101. Is that what it is, the uh, website? Um, well, now it um Hold on. Uh, my mom's calling me. Uh, the... the uh, I guess he muted himself. Dolly, we're at the end of the show. You want to say goodnight to everybody? Okay. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you, Chatters, for participating and being here. And I'm from Dolly World. Bye-bye. Well, you're going to be doing uh, Say What this coming Wednesday, tomorrow? Is Say What on Wednesday? I mean, not Say What. I mean, Dolly Shares. Did you send me a new Dolly Shares? Oh, no, I didn't. I have to do it first thing in the morning. What time? Uh-huh. It's sorry. on at sorry. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, I had to step away from the keyboard. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. She, she all right? Everything's good? Yeah, she, it's fine. She's getting out of the um, sauna tent. Oh, okay. Uh, the website is ineliobenz.com. Okay. It's not at Ascension 101 anymore. I, I think one of... I don't know why I always had issues in writing the word ascension because I was always getting it wrong if it's SC or CS or S alone and I was constantly getting spelling errors when trying to visit her website I don't know why the word ascension is so (laughs) such a pain now you know how I feel like what I feel like (laughs) yeah you want to say goodnight and thank you everybody for being here we really do appreciate it um, this station will be shutting down, but the replays will be up on the uh, the. Uh, it's called now. It's called live or alt or replay player number three. It's the number three player, and um, well, actually, yeah, I'm going to do that because I've got stuff I've got to do on this computer. So, well, no, I'm going to I'm going to play through on this. I'm just going to put up the replays and do it here and it's going to be there too so you know I just I want love to... how decisive you are I, well I, yeah, I'm, I'm I know but see it, it's the it's the disconnect and tomorrow I've got to be up for um, Michael's show and the computer has to stay on all night anyway so I might as well just run it I might as well put the stream up so yes we're going to we're going to you know, replays are going to follow this show so <laughs> no disconnect tonight and tomorrow I will be on with um with uh, Michael. Um, anyway, it be safe, everybody. Right. And Walt, you're going to say good night. Oh, good night, everybody. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Dolly. Thank you for being with us. You have been listening to the Cosmic Reality Radio Show, produced by Cosmic Reality Radio. Thank you for listening. Choose your heart,